Our text today is actually a pair of verses from both parts of the Bible. They have a set of words in common with each other. The words redeem and redemption and also costly, precious, let's think expensive, as we hear first Psalm 49. None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is costly. The second text is First Peter 1. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. I don't think I'm assuming too much to say that the last part of that verse makes you think of Jesus on the cross. When he redeemed you and me from our sin through his blood, it was the direct result of God acting as the only one who is both perfectly loving and holy at the same time. It's such a short word, holy, four letters. And yet the concept of it, boy, we struggle to understand it because we are quite the opposite. Daily we are still tainted by our sins that we do. We are by nature corrupt from the inside out. As sinful people, we do the opposite of what God does, thinking and wanting the opposite of what God thinks and wants. Well, in keeping in keeping in mind that God continues to be holy at all times, his requirement does not change. His requirement for you is that you have a righteousness that measures all the way up to absolute sinlessness, a holy righteousness, that of God himself. For the Bible does say twice, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now, if we fall short, if we fail to meet that perfect standard, there's an automatic consequence. If redemption is going to happen, full payment has to be made because all of our sins add up to this very serious debt that we do owe to God. I imagine that most of us, maybe all of us at Emmanuel, have not had to face the kind of financial debt where the bills pile up so high that you're in over your heads. You're going to be wiped out. And even if that were true, it would be a small thing in comparison to the spiritual debt of sin that threatens to wipe us out forever. We need a bailout 
bigger than what the federal government is trying to do with a trillion plus dollars to help the commercial airlines and the struggling businesses during the pandemic. We need a heavenly bailout sent from heaven by God. His name is Jesus. He actually came to pay two kinds of debt for you and me. When God says that we owe him obedience to every commandment, we have Jesus as that obedience in which, by living his perfect life, he also makes it count with God as though we have done everything that God requires. That's an incredible thing. When the Holy God also says that we owe him payment for every one of our sins, we have Jesus on the cross. Where he did more than die the painful death of crucifixion, he also suffered what hell is like. That too was part of the cost, the expensive price of our redemption, which Jesus paid dearly through his spiritual agony and that God-forsakenness of Good Friday. Jesus paid with sweat in the garden, with tears, and as the Bible points out vividly, with his own blood. The psalm writer says, The redemption of their souls is costly. The price is too high for one human to die for another. It takes more than a life to save a life. Which means I couldn't die for you or or you for me. But certainly Jesus was the sacrifice for all because, as First Peter 1 puts it, his blood is precious, expensive. We begin to add up the expensive price of our own redemption by realizing that it was the blood and sacrifice of God the Son that made this payment completely acceptable to God the Father. On the the front of this nicely made lectern, you see a cross. Much more than a symbol for Christianity. It can be, in one glance, the visual reminder of the sure reason why God forgives all of our sins. It can give us a better sense of that price paid to bring us into heaven and even be the way to a greater confidence of God accepting our repentance and answering our prayers. We even gain from the cross the power and strength to follow the King wherever He leads us. At the cross of Christ, we also face a set of lingering questions for our faith to embrace. What should be our response to this awesome payment of precious blood, this expensive price of our redemption? Aren't we compelled to let the wow wash over us and then say, how incredible, look at what he did for me. At the same time, realizing out loud, look at what I did to him. My sins, too, were the reason for his suffering, his bleeding, his dying. And then aren't we just a step away from heartfelt 
thank yous in worship, in prayer, and the like. Yes, our faith wants to say, thank you, Jesus, for stepping into our place, fulfilling our requirement of holiness, and being the payment of our debt. Thank you, Lord, for that purchase price you made for our place with you in heaven, our place even now as God's family forever, his forgiven children and heirs. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for becoming the expensive price of our redemption. Amen. We sing our thank yous to our Lord using him 360 stanzas 1, 3, 4, and 7. Stanzas 1, 3, 4, and 7, hymn 360.